Hello, it's Ben Northrup here. Jason Hagman, another BJ Podcast. Let's just get it right out of the way. Again, send us emails, bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. All right, let's just jump right into things. We're going to finish off the NFL with the last two divisions with the AFC East and, and West. And just for listeners to know, we're going to go over sleepers and busting all these teams. So um, uh, we'll start with the Patriots. Uh, sleeper on that team, I'd have to go more with a deep sleeper. I'm looking at uh, Brandon Tate, wide receiver, deep sleeper and deeper formats. I have a feeling he can step into that wide receiver two role, and I think Welker will be a slot guy. That this is a guy he'll, I think, his only competition to be on the playing field is Torrey Holt. That I'm viewing this guy not in a 10 team league, but more of a 14 to 16 league. I see him as a huge sleeper who will start to gain value as the year goes on and is a potential fantasy starter next year. I like that pick. Um, I also love Lawrence Moroni on that team. I think he's hugely undervalued. You look at two years ago how well he did. He's one of few running backs to continually get double-digit TDs, and I think him taking in the late twenties and or uh, late teens and early twenties is very undervalued. So, if you're touchdown only league, love Lawrence Maroney. A bust on that team, I would say Wes Welker. I don't think you come back from an ACL injury and play anywhere near you did the year before. He's a great player, has had a great career, but I think this is his one-off year. Still will be solid, he, you know. But I don't think he's going to provide that number three wide receiver he has in the past. Um, for me, I, as a bust, I'm going straight to Tom Brady. When we're not as a bust that I think he's a, you can't start him, but as a bust that I think you're way overspending for him. Last year, in 14 games played, he had 18 touchdowns. He just had two games where he went goofy. He was pretty pedestrian for most of the season. And I don't want to be spending a lot of money in auctions or using a third-round pick on a quarterback that more than half the weeks of the year, he's averaging about one TD a game. And I know it was his first year off injury, and he could be a little better this year, but that's just not good enough for me. I want more consistency out of the quarterback position. And a guy like Aaron Rodgers and Brees, if I'm going to spend the money or go high, those are the guys I want. I see better value quarterbacks than going crazy for Brady that early. Um, next, we're going to go with the New York Jets. Uh, for a sleeper on that team, whatever receiver wins out, and I'm looking at Braylon Edwards, he has the opportunity. I think Santonio Holmes could come on if Edward Charles, but Edwards has the talent if he doesn't drop as many balls. And Sanchez is a young quarterback looking for that number one target that he wants to target a lot of balls to. That Edwards could be that for him if he has his head in the game and he's not dropping balls. He finally has an offseason to work with the team. And he, he'll now know the patterns and stuff, and he should be used a lot more this year than he was last year. I couldn't agree more. I think Mark Sanchez and Braylon Edwards resemble a lot of Phillip Rivers and Vincent Jackson in their younger days. You know, uh, Phillip Rivers had LT. He has Sean Green and, uh, you know, many other running backs there. I think the Jets have a great team in place, and Braylon Edwards has the talent. They have Santonio San Holmes, who has talent. They have Jerry Ocotri. They have plenty of guys Braylon Edwards will not be getting double teamed, and he does not go up, have to go up against the best corner in the league, which he has on his team with Darrell Rivas. I think the Jets' uh, passing game is a huge sleeper this year. If Sanchez trusts his arm, if they open up the playbook a little bit, I think Sanchez with, you know, this would be his first year if he stayed for his senior year of college. So last year you're looking at a guy who would have been a senior in college. This is his first true you know, NFL year, so I think he could be a great uh, NFL quarterback this year. Um, uh, bust on that team, I, I think Sean Green is being extremely overvalued. Some have him in the top ten. 
he really did not do much in the regular season. He was a, you know, he did great in the playoffs, yes, but I want him to prove for a 16-game season to me because what matters to you most for fantasy people is that 16-game season or week 17-week season. He needs to prove to me that he can do it in the regular season for a whole year instead of just doing it a couple games in the playoffs. I agree that he's a little overvalued, but I still think he'll have a good year. I think LT, there are still some owners out there that think that they're going to get some decent production out of LT. And you can't expect anything more than um, a guy who's going to come on for maybe 10, maybe 15 plays a game at most. Maybe he gets six touchdowns because he gets the goal line job for part for some games. I mean, he's being drafted in a lot of drafts around anywhere from the 30 to 35th best running back. And there's so many better options, so many better high upside options than a guy like LT when if he's playing the best he can and getting the most amount of touches he can in that Jets, a Jets offense, the most he can be is a bi-week fill-in. With, and, that's, and that's asking for a lot. I think he's still way too overvalued. Next team, we're going to go with the Miami Dolphins, and I'm going to start my sleeper list right at Chad Henning. I think that this year he finally steps up into a good bye week fill-in and a potential possible fantasy starting quarterback. I think Brandon Marshall helps in a lot. He finally has someone to throw the ball to. Devon Best has always been a good slot receiver for them, so that'll help. He now can go to his natural role in that offense. And their offensive line is great in that running game can only make that passing game better. That as a bye week fill-in against the right teams, I think Henny has a lot of value. Um, I'm gonna, I will disagree with you that a little bit later, but I, I love Ronnie Brown as a big sleeper. I think you look at his numbers before he got hurt uh, last year. I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to come back this year with even more fight. I think, Ricky, I think that running game, again, has 2,500 yards. I think Ronnie Brown's extremely undervalued for what he'll do this year. Um, a bust on the team, I'm going to disagree here with you and say Brandon Marshall. I don't think Chad Henne is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think they have such a great run game that clearly they're going to have seven or eight guys in the box, but you have no one else. Devon Bass, I don't think, is a t- number two wide receiver in the NFL. I think Brandon Marshall is going to see a lot of double teams, and I just don't like the pass game on that team. I know you disagree with me here, but... If I'm going for a bust, I mean, I agree with you on Marshall a bit that I think he's going overvalued. I don't want to spend... Some guys are saying he's the third best receiver, right. yeah, and that's just, that's just... That's ridiculous. That's way too high, but... My bust is, if, for those fans that think that Ricky Williams is going to give you the same production that he gave last year, he's not going to. I think he's 32 going on 33. I think the, cra- uh, the cracks got to do him a little too much. He's been smoking a little too much um, weed in his career. That I think he's finally going to start tumbling down. He's now he's, he's a 30-year-old running back in a 33-year-old's body because of the years he missed, that I think this is the year that you significantly see his yards per carry drop a bit. He, his, his month in November was very good last year, but as December went on, he started to tail off at the end of the season. I think that was the show to come, that what's, it's, what's coming in this season, that I think as long as Ronnie Brown can stay healthy, it's his ball, and he can take the reins and have a great season. Because I don't think Ricky Williams gives you much value as a second running back. Yeah. Um, finally, uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. I'm going with the sleeper. My prediction of the year, Fred Jackson ends the year as a top 20 running back. For the fact that he's going to get the rock so much. Because I, I think they're going to try and do whatever they can to either eliminate Lynch from their offense or get rid of him. And Spiller, I see so much Rich, uh, Reggie Bush or Reggie Bush in him that it's one of the, it's one of those that Fred Jackson is 
the natural three down back in that system. And even though he's not a sexy player, I think he'll get the stats. And as long as he stays healthy, he'll end the year with those boring 1,100 yards, maybe seven touchdowns. But it's good enough to get you top 20 as a fantasy running back this year. I couldn't agree with you more on Fred Jackson. I think he's going to be a great player for the Buffalo Bills. I think Marshawn Lynch has so many problems with that organization that he doesn't provide much of any fantasy thought. C.J. Spiller, I think they're going to use him, but I think exactly what you said, a Reggie Bush type of player. They're going to get him in the punt game, the kick return game. I think they're going to get him out there a lot and, you know, moving around in the field. I don't think he's going to be an every down back on that team like some teams are expecting. You look at Clemson, he just, he ran the ball around people. He did not run through people. And I think Fred Jackson last year proved that he can run through people. So I think the Buffalo Bills have that going for them. A bust, I really don't think there's a bust on the Buffalo Bills. I can't, I don't think anyone's overvalued by any means. Their quarterback, their passing, there's nothing overvalued. So we're going to move on to the AFC West now with the San Diego Chargers. A sleeper on uh, that team, I I really love uh, the passing game there this year. I think anyone you're going after, you know, Vincent Jackson, let's say he's out for X amount of weeks. I think a I think this is the year that they start to more open it up. Phillip Rivers has got to be in his prime. I think Malcolm Floyd, yes, he's 29, but I think he'll excel. Antonio Gates will, again, get you 800 yards. Like eight May. Yep. You have plenty of guys there who can catch the ball. I think wide receivers, one through three there, tight end, you know. I think anyone there has some good fantasy value for you. And Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm looking at either... Nene or Floyd, one of those two, I think, steps up a bit. And right now I'm leaning more towards Floyd. But I think Nene has Nene has, this, has a possibility of that happening to him, too. Him and Floyd are very similar receivers. There's Vincent Jackson, too, where they're all tall, physical, athletic receivers who can go up and win balls. That if Vincent Jackson's out, both of those two receivers can step into Vincent Jackson's footsteps very well. Um... As a bust on that team, uh, I'm going to say their running game. I think this is the year they really open it up. You have Ryan Matthews, who's an unproven rookie. I don't think there's anything wrong with Ryan Matthews. I think he'll get the job done for them because, you know, I think in their in their system, they have a very easy way to, you know, have a successful running back. I think Darren Sproles will, you know, just continue to do what he does. He'll be a fine serviceable running back for them, and they found ways to get him involved. But I really see this passing game with Phillip Rivers, I just think is so talented. And they've struggled, you know, in the playoffs lately. And I think this is, you know, North Turner's probably hearing it from the fans and the ownership that says, hey, we got to change something up. When you have such a talented guy in Phillip Rivers who's a pro bowler, he's your face of your franchise, I think you can't be going say, hey, we're going to give the ball to a rookie running back. I think you got to start opening up with the pass game, which I think they do this year. I d- <laughs> Literally completely agree with every word you just said there, which is very rare, rare on the show, yep. but it happens. It happens. We're going to move on to the Denver Broncos now. A sleeper on that team. I really like Eddie Royal for a comeback this year. I think he's got a, he'll get in that slot. He'll open it up. They got Demetrius Thomas, right? Demetrius, Demarius. Demarius, sorry. Thank you for the correction, who will take kind of that, you know, running up the seam. And I think Eddie Royal will just start to – Kyle Orton, when he was playing last year – they did connect. I think he had an off year last year. I think if there's one guy who did not perform to the way he should last year and will come back this year, it's Eddie Royal. Um, I'm actually going to completely disagree with you on that part. My sleeper of that team is Jabbar Gaffney. 
Uh, that right won now, me a fantasy Jabar, championship. I know, I know it did last year. Jabar Gaffney right now is the number one wide receiver in, in camp and stuff. He's playing well. Uh, Thomas isn't there yet, and they've kind of view him. He has talent, but he he needs some time to develop. He definitely is he a definitely, And wall. Eddie Royal is that in that Wes Welker role that mm-hmm. he needs to catch passes ten yards downfield. That's mm-hmm. his that's his specialty. Then I think if Gaffney creates great chemistry with Orton, uh, Brady Quinn, any of those two quarterbacks who's playing this year, I'm not expecting much of Tebow this year. But if he, I don't think you can even talk yeah. about Tebow being fantasy. But if he right. creates good chemistry with those guys, I really think that you can expect maybe on a thousand yard receiver. Uh, I think there's him. no. I I don't. I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's potential there for all of those wide receivers to get a thousand yards. Yeah. It's just gonna be the fact which one if they all who steps step up. up. Yeah. If they all step up, that team's gonna be twelve and four. And the beauty of it, training camp soon. Training We're gonna camp find soon. Out. We're gonna find out. So a bust on that team. I don't think there's much boss we need to get into. Not a lot of people are being overvalued on the yeah. Broncos. Moving to the Chiefs, a sleeper. I I think we all love the backfield there. Yeah. I think Jamal Charles did great things last year. I think Thomas Jones somehow still has legs and is still moving. He'll get the goal line carries, that's for sure. I think by the end of the week, every every week, you could look at Thomas Jones or Jamal Charles. Depending on the touchdowns, they both could have similar numbers with huge, vast difference in yards. But I think both of their running games, both their running backs for their running game is extremely I agree with you that I think both of them could be starting running backs in fantasy football. Uh, Thomas Jones, yeah, he might not have many much legs left for the yardage, but if you just put him in inside the 20, and which is what they're saying that they might end up doing, is if Thomas Jones is their red zone running back, he will get 8 to 10 touchdowns at least this year. And he should get about 500, 600 yards. That's good enough to be in the top 30 running backs. And that's good enough to start in most leagues. Jamal Charles, I think he gets a lot of yards this year. I think his touchdown total does drop a bit. With Jones there, his touchdown total is taking a huge hit. I think 8 to 10 is still real. Because he's in the catching game, too. I think that's, yes. But my big thing is, I I don't think lightning strikes twice. And there's a reason why that when a guy gets a lot of long-distance touchdowns the year before... I'm not a huge fan of the next year because it's, they usually simmer down a bit. I think he simmered down a bit, but he'll still get a couple long-distance touchdowns. I'm looking at around six, seven to eight touchdowns. That's more like it with 1,300 total yards, which is good enough to be about the six, fifteen best. You're that's be a, a number two, number yeah, third. Yeah, that's a number back. two running back. That's a nice late third round, fourth round pick. That's great value for him. And Thomas Jones giving you great value at about the 28th, 29th running back out there. Bust on the team. Um, I don't. I'm not tasting the Dwayne Bowl right now. I don't know about you. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not drinking that Kool Aid <laughs> at all. I not. I I don't like their passing game. I think Matt Castle was extremely, extremely overrated as a quarterback. <laughs> when you're throwing to Wes Walker and Randy Moss, who are still in their prime, with Lawrence Maroney having him having a great year that year, they're running backs did. You know, I think Matt Castle is extremely overrated. You're going to a team with no offensive line, with Dwayne Bowles, their number one wide receiver, who's had extreme problems and fights with the organization. I just don't – I don't like them. I don't like any part of that passing game. I think they'll run the, the crap out of the ball. Raiders, a sleeper on that team. Again, I think whoever turns out to be the number one wide receiver on that team will be a uh, good good uh, guy. You know, Lewis Murphy, Chad Schillings, Dare Sayward Bay. I think Chad Schillings comes out of it because of the hype. And uh, I think he proved himself by the end of the year. But, you know, I I don't think there's really any sleepers. Everyone's pretty undervalued. And there's no really boss because no one's overvalued as a Raider. 
I definitely agree. I'm looking at a sleeper. Whoever steps up in training camp between McFadden and Bush, I think there's fantasy points to be won uh, with the schedule that the Raiders face this year for the running backs. And whoever can win that running back battle, I think, has definite value. If they're splitting, they're both bi-week fill-ins. They're not guys I'd want starting every week. But if one guy can take 15, 20 carries a game, and I think Michael Bush potentially could, then he represents great value. If I'm looking at a bust on the team, eh, well, you know, no one on the Raiders is really ranked that high. So I really don't think you can view anyone as a bust. I mean, none of the, no one on the Raiders you're probably drafting as a starter unless you're getting late. Yeah. And you're, you're expecting to take the if bottom of the... you're in a 14-16-team league, then I don't maybe, think... Yeah. But outside of Michael Bush or McFadden, depending who starts, I don't think there's much. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back to you. We're back here at BJ Productions down in the basement. We got David Bredemus back with us for the fourth episode. I'm sure you all have been missing out on him. We're going to play the name game today where David gives us two players, and we Ben and I debate which one we like more. So, David, who you got for us? All right, well, we'll start out with a few bigger names. The two I got right now is Steven Jackson and Michael Turner. Steven Jackson and Michael Turner. Those, you go first. Those are pretty evenly ranked guys. I'm going to just say Steven Jackson for the fact that he's the only guy there. He's going to get every look, every po- possible touch. I think Michael Turner, they have such a great – they have a good pass game with Gonzo, Matt Ryan, and Roddy White. I think they have so many other opportunities to score. And I just think Steven Jackson – Bradford, you can say what you want, but he will not be a fantasy threat. They, they didn't get T.O. He went to Cincinnati. You, have, you don't have a threat, Steven Jackson. Yeah, they'll come out. Um, I think it's quite simple. If you're in a PPR league, then it's definitely Steven Jackson. If you're in a, a 25-75 league, it's definitely Steven Jackson. But if you're in a 50-50 league or more towards the touchdown, I think there's no way you can't say it's Michael Turner. Michael Turner, Why? Michael Turner, he's going to get you the touchdowns. You've got to be kidding me. Last year, in 10 games, full games played, he scored 11 touchdowns. I mean, he was on his pace to get 18 touchdowns again. And what did he end with? He got hurt, sprained an ankle. Steven Jackson gets hurt too. They are both two. Steven Jackson has not yeah, had that. They are both injury-prone running backs. They both will get yards rushing. Uh, Steven Jackson will get a few more yards, but Michael Turner will get at least four or five more touchdowns, which will overdo any amount of yards Steven Jackson gets. Whatever. Moving yes. on. What? Okay, we're gonna go down the rankings just a little bit. The next two names we've got are Rashad Mendenhall and Sean Green. Sean Green. I, 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 Mendenhall has not proved that he's a great runner. They lost their right tackle. Um, the first four weeks, Mendenhall, because they have no quarterback. The rest of the 12, the Jets run the crap out of the ball. He's the goal line back. Sean Green. I'm going to have to agree with you on this point. Uh, uh, I like Mendenhall, but I think with Cologne getting hurt, the right tackle, that definitely he's not the, the eighth best running back he was ranked at the beginning. He dropped early. about four or five spots. Yes, because of that. And Sean Green, I, th- I think both of them will have good years. I think Sean Green will just do a I little bit I just think he ends up with more touchdowns. Yep. Thanks. All right, we're going to go to quarterbacks now. How about Tom Brady and Tony Romo? Romo? Ford. 
You already know my view. I think Brady's the bust of the year for quarterbacks. I'll just disagree to disagree with you. Tony or uh, Tom Brady. He's Why Tom got, Brady? He's got Randy Moss there, who's been one of the best wide receivers for years now. Wes Walker, I did say, you know, is coming off an injury. Yes, but you still have Jose Elderman, who provided great Julian. there. Juli Julian Elderman. They find to bring veterans in there who can catch the ball. They still have a good offensive line. Lawrence Maroney will provide enough of a threat. I think Randy Moss is still a good threat downfield. I think Tom Brady has a chance to do 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I think the curse that the Cowboys have, you know, no team's ever won the Super Bowl when uh, they're, they host the Super Bowl. So, you know, that could possibly get, get in his head. Des Bryant is a rookie. Roy Williams drops everything except Miles Austin being a great route runner. He's not that great of a wide receiver. Jason Witten is always banged up. That running game, you have no idea what's going to go on. The offensive line is hurting in Dallas. I think Tom Brady's got the better solid team overall to provide to get better fantasy value. I love the Cowboys this year. I think Tom, I think Tony Romo has three valid options at wide receiver. I'm including Roy Williams this year. Oh, you cannot say and Roy, I'm saying, Roy Williams. He Jason Witten. His hands are stubs. Jason Williams. Catch. I mean, Jason Witten. Jason well, Williams. Well, Jason, he has a point guard <laughs> yeah. for the Memphis Grizzlies back in the day. And Jay Williams is in jail. But yeah. Jason Witten, I think Witten's going to get <laughs> his 70 catches this year. Names. Um, I think Felix Jones gives you a lot out of the backfield for receptions. I just think the Cowboys offense could be top two in the league. Whatever. Next. Tom Brady, next. All right, we're moving to the number two wide receiver spot. I think it's pretty assumed that Andre Johnson's the number one receiver. Yeah. Let's yeah. go with number two. Who would you take between Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald? Fitz. Randy Moss. Fitz because talent rules out in my book. And Larry Fitzgerald is so talented, and he'll make Matt Leinart look like a decent quarterback this year. He can outdo he can outdo cornerbacks. I think Beanie Wells gives them more, uh, gives the running game more value, which will only help Fitzgerald. It'll make them care about the running game. That they're not going to be able to sack six in the box and just stare at Fitz the whole play. I think without Bolden being there, Fitz is going to get so many more targets. And I'm cuckoo for Fitzgerald this year. Whatever. Steve Breston sucks. He's not a number two wide receiver yeah. in any of his book. Great early, number three. Early throw set. <laughs> Great number three. He's not going to be a viable threat at number two when he's got a number two corner on Larry Fitzgerald, sure, you can beat one corner. You got this another safety. There is no threat on the other side. Anquan Bolden's gone. There is no threat at quarterback. Matt Leiner cannot throw the ball over 20 yards. There's a reason why Steve Young's been the only good left-handed quarterback. There's not a good another left-handed quarterback. Matt Leiner's awful. They have no offensive line. That team is bad. But Randy Moss, Randy Moss is older now. I think this is the year where he starts hitting the uh, end part of his uh, career. I think that he gets hurt this year. Finally, he's an older receiver, and with Welker, with Welker out, seams. with Welker out, he wants to run hurt. And Look at Kelvin J Johnson last year because they had to force Calvin him the ball. Johnson got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt because they had to force him the ball, and he got so many vicious tackles. I think Randy Moss. They're is not going to force him the ball. That's why they got Elderman. Elderman and Welker take. Yeah, I'm, I'm so much down on Elderman and Welker than what you are. I whatever. Whatever. Nice. All right, we're moving on to nice. no, one, more, more. one more. One more. We'll do one we more. Got, then we're going to email. We got one more here, and I know it's one that YouTube will both be very opinionated on. According to ESPN, we have. Calvin Johnson at number seven in the wide receiver rankings, and Miles Austin at number eight in the wide receiver Calvin rankings. Calvin Johnson. Miles Austin, best route runner in the NFL. You proved, last year, he shredded defenses by running routes. Calvin Johnson, you can say what you want. Okay, yeah, you have Nate Burleson. That's bullshit. 
We're Vikings fans. We've seen Nate Burleson play. That is not a number two wide receiver. And he's about six years older than when he yeah, was Yeah, but you have, you have Roy Williams at your number two right now. You have Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Yeah, you have Roy Williams at your number two right now. You have Tony Romo throwing the ball compared Kelly to Matt Johnson Stafford. Johnson is the Matt most Stafford. talented court, right, wide receiver in the league, period. Set in stone. Last year, he, he struggled up, he, because he had his knee injuries. He's finally healthy this year, and this is the chance where he makes his comeback. He has four games where he goes up against pro ball cornerbacks. Antoine Winfield twice. Charles Antoine Wilson Winfield twice. is going to be garbage this year. Winston will be good this year, but he'll go crazy against the Vikings. He'll go when has Calvin Johnson ever burned the, his own division? Never. But he, he will. Burns it this year is different. He's talented. Talent wins this out. Year, I think their offensive line is better. Sophomore slump for Matt Javid, ba- Javid Best makes him so much better because it adds the Reggie Book, bo- R- Reggie Bush factor into their receiving <laughs> game. Yeah. Matt Stafford is going to be worse than he was last year. No, his head is still ringing from how many times he got sacked. That guy had more concussions than we know. His accuracy is going to be improved this year, and you don't have to be accurate throwing we're to done. a guy we're like Calvin Johnson. Emails. We're Next. done. We're done. Emails. Uh, we're going Ron Burke again. This will agree to disagree. Whatever. David Bredemus and the laptop corner, what do you got for us from emails going on over there? All right, well, we are actually missing the computer day. We're going pure mobile phones, and this is brought to you by Verizon Wireless Droid, by the way. They're bringing us this information. So our first email is Hannah from Montana. God, why is there a wolf? Are you kidding Sorry. me? Why do you? People, let's have their real name. Let's not yeah. be doing these. All right, what is Hannah? But we'll on? take the emails. We well, haven't gotten way too many, so we'll, we'll take what we get. We'll okay, whatever. Go, go ahead, Hannah. Well, this is Hannah's first year doing fantasy football, and she's wondering what league is the best league to start in for a first-year fantasy football player. Does she go for the Dynasty League, the Keeper League, just a basic 50-50 league? I think you go with the – if it's your first year, you've never really heard of it, go with the basic 50-50. Go to an ESPN, do a couple mock drafts, see what you really like, you know, see how you like the feel of fantasy sports – I don't think she's really going to know much of what's going on. She's going to go strictly off probably a top 200 ranking from ESPN, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I would go with the 50-50 because if you go 75-25, you don't really know the right strategy. Dynasty League, you don't really know what you're getting into until about halfway through the season when you realize you drafted you know, Tom Brady and Randy Moss as your first two picks and you realize they're you know, both going to be out of their prime soon. So I think she should start with the 50-50. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore. ESPN gives you a lot of free standard leagues. That's a great place to start. Find some people on there, and then just pick up a magazine, start reading stuff. Year after one year, maybe get into a keeper league, but you have to stick to standard for year one. All right, David, another email. What do you got? All right, well, we got one from a person in Texas, from Ricky in Texas, and he was a little concerned that Des Bryant wasn't carrying Roy Williams' prads in practice the other day. How do you guys feel about Des Bryant blowing off Roy Williams? Well, I'm going down to the Big D, as you know, in uh, the beginning of August for a couple weeks. Go out, going to a couple preseason games, seeing some Rangers games, scouting out the Cowboys, you know, seeing what we can learn. Um, I, I don't. He, he quoted saying he did not know this was a tradition. I don't know if that's true or not. If it was true, I have no problem with it. You know, if some random veteran came up and said, "Carry my pads," you know, you don't want to be known as the team. You know, put a politely douchebag who takes care of everyone's stuff. But Roy Williams, you you're gonna lose your job to this kid. You need to not ask for him to carry your pads. You gotta work. You gotta focus on playing the game. I wouldn't really look too much into this. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the media made a huge deal out of it. 
I'm not looking I too far. I think it's a little bit bigger than the deal. I think that's Des Bryant making a statement to Roy Williams, being like, yeah, I'm better than you. I'm coming to camp. I'm making all these nice catches. What have you done? You've done nothing. I mean, I really think this is, it was maybe unintentional, but it's the beginning of many statements he's going to try and make this preseason improve. I deserve to be on the field, and you deserve to uh, get your butt off the team. I could agree more. Jerry Jones said Roy Williams got to perform this year. They spent way too much to get him in. You know, Des Bryant staying after, working with Romo constantly to get that quarterback-wide receiver connection going on. And I, I don't think a guy who has the bad work ethic in Roy Williams should really be voicing his opinion on this when I think I don't think he did anything wrong. I think Des Bryant's completely right in this situation. David, we're going to go to the last email of the day, then we'll sign off. All right, well, the last email from the day is someone that's a little new to fantasy football, Mark from Minnesota again. Mark from Minnie, this guy loves us. And, oh, let me see. It seems that his email is kind of hard to read. He's just wondering what's the best place to start for his fantasy football studying. He's never really done it before. He's not exactly sure what the, where the best place to begin is. I, again, I like to just open up with a mock draft. You go in there, you see where most guys are going in an ESPN. Again, ESPN free mock draft lobby going on 24-7. Go in there, take a draft, see you know what players are going on, see what you guys you like. Go out, get Roto World's magazine. $7.99, or you can get their season pass on rotoworld.com, $14.99 season pass. They have great in-depth rankings. Um, I think you've got to you know, start with a mock draft, then go see player rankings, and then just decide who you like. I think so much is about who you like. If you're going to go off what other people like, you're never going to win a championship. So much in fantasy football is that gut feeling. So I think you start off mock draft, see some rankings, make your own rankings, read up, you know, just uh, go to a podcast, listen to our podcast. We give you great information. We'll have a mock draft soon. Just do all those little things. All the little things will get, make you better. Um. Yeah, I agree with you on that part. Uh, it's all about, first you want to read a magazine. You want to get the stuff. It's just paying attention and listening to people. I know for me, I, I've improved a lot the most through fantasy football through talking to people. And just find people who have a passion for it. And just talk fantasy football with them. Whether you agree with some of their opinions or disagree with some of their opinions, the more you talk fantasy football, the more you'll get into your system and the more you'll actually enjoy it and stuff. And soon after a while, you'll be like, wow, I actually understand a lot of this stuff now. Yep. That it just takes time. Stick Year one, don't go for eight different magazines. Don't get eight different opinions. Get one magazine. Just, just read a magazine, talk to people, and get into it. Start to enjoy it. So then once year two, year three comes around, you can slowly actually get the hang of it and maybe create your own magazine while you're at it. Yep, and I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with stretches. If you're drafting and you take a guy that's supposed to go in the 10th round in the 6th, if he performs that year, you're looking like a genius. Look at Deshaun Jackson, his uh, freshman rookie year. You know, he did great. He provided a championship for guys down the stretch. There's nothing wrong with taking stretches and players. Just, you know, do what you think is right. So we're signing off. We will be back next week with more in-depth on player rankings now that we got all the divisions done and look forward to our pro mock draft and our quad quad uh, NFL draft is coming up soon. Yep, we'll be discussing that as it's coming towards the draft date. But now after, now that we got the basic eight divisions done, expect a lot more information, a lot more league-specific information, a lot more debates. We're going to go into like the name game today except a more – in depth name game, we'll discuss our rankings and literally debate it for a good 20, 30 minutes. And we'll be taking more emails to help you out with those specific problems that you guys are having. So, again, 
send it again to bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you next week, fantasy football listeners. Yep. I'm Jason. I'm Ben Northrup. Stay classy, fantasy football listeners.